Hey there, welcome to Live with Lulu. I'm your host, Lulu Schwal. Thanks for tuning in today. I am going to be talking about um, my story, part two. Last time, um, I won't do a whole recap, but we left off when I was about in eighth grade. So I'm going to pick up there and I'm going to try to get all the way to where just before I met my husband. So that'll be um, eighth grade, high school, college, a little bit of singleness, and then when I met Greg. So I will try to get there in this episode. So eighth grade was junior high, really hard time for me. Um, as if you, well, you need to listen to the first part. If you're just listening to this, go back, listen to part one, because this will not make sense to you. Okay. So uh, eighth grade, hard time. Um, of course, it's hard time for most, most kids. Um, but for me, especially for me, because I was going through, um, many, many reconstructive surgeries. So, and I would say like when I was in junior high, they, you, they gave you a hard time, um, if you had a zit. So you can imagine someone going in and out of surgeries, um, who didn't quite look like everybody else. Um, that is not how you blend in in junior high. <laughs> you, you just don't. You stand out. And at that age, I just wanted to blend in. I just I wanted to um, be liked. I wanted to have a lot of friends. And I was mostly a pleaser and um that got me into some wrong wrong uh, crowds but for the most part um i made my way um i would kind of attach to kids who um were were just kind of outsiders themselves so you know i wasn't part of the cheerleader you know, the popular girls. Um, I wasn't part, back then, um, we had grew, a group at our school, we called them the punks. Um, these were the kids, you know, that had blue hair, mohawks, piercings. Um, they listened to alternative rock bands. Um, they were a group at my school. I didn't quite belong with them. Um, although I, I really secretly wanted to be part of, of that group because they were so artsy and, um, I was dressed much more conservatively and, um, my parents took me to the Nazarene church. So if you know anything about that denomination, they are very strict on what you wear and, um, your appearance and things like that. So, um, dyeing your hair pink and having a piercing was 
not the thing to do in my family. Um, and I really didn't have that much of a rebelliousness in my personality at that point. So um, I was, a, I had a group of girlfriends that were um, not the total outcasts, but they weren't um, the most popular, but they, they were just nice, you know, easygoing girls. And um, I got to know them over eighth and ninth grade. Um, the bus was hard. I had to ride the bus to school. Um, one time in particular, a girl wouldn't even sit by me um, because of how I looked. So it's, it was just really difficult. Um, by And then at home, it was my, kind of my safe place. I did feel safe at home. Um, that is when I got into drawing and my art that I do now, um, it started about seventh and eighth grade. I, I bought Vogue magazines and I started flipping through the pages. I actually wanted to be a fashion designer. So I have all these um, fashion <laughs> illustrations um, and I will, I'll do, I'll actually uh, post some pictures of them in my corresponding blog to this podcast um, and I will do that for you um, and uh, <laughs> those were interesting but that that's where I got a, a love of Vogue magazine models um, all that that the fashion industry was kind of my escape from a world of um, reconstructive surgery having to um, look beat up for a time um, anytime that they do surgery on your face um, your face is so vascular and, and full of you know nerve nerve endings that you um, after a surgery on your eyelid or, or your nose you look like you've been in a, a boxing match and that you lost <laughs> you are black and blue yellow all all colors um, and it just takes a long time for the swelling to go down. Um, it's just an ordeal. And I went in and out of the hospital um, at this time in my life. So doing all that, trying to, to keep up my grades, I don't know how I did it. But I do know that um, my magazines and drawing and all that gave me um, a real escape from the pain and the hardships that I was going through. Um, my sisters at this point, because I was the youngest, um, most of, one of them was um, already married at this point. Um, two of them were in college. So um, it was kind of me with my parents was kind of like I was the only child at this point. I only saw my sisters when they came home in the summers, um, but we, we had fun together when I saw them. Um, um, I did uh, get a great friend in ninth grade, um, Karen, if you're listening to this, shout out to you, Karen. Um, my friend Karen, um, I met her um, in, I think, eighth, the end of eighth grade, ninth grade, and um, she and I, she, we were bus buddies, and she actually had a swimming pool, which if anyone that knows me knows I love to swim. 
Um, I love swimming pools. If you have a pool, call me. Uh, I will come over, swim. I just love it. So um, she had a pool, but of course her, her, I joke about that, but her friendship meant a lot. We had a lot in common. Um, we just got to know each other that, that, um, um, that ninth grade year. And um, she meant a lot to me. We're still friends on Facebook. Um, and um, I valued her friendship. Uh, okay, so there we go. So high school, um, 10th grade, my parents um, stopped going to the Nazarene church. They actually, um, there was something that happened with the pastor, um, some controversy there. So we actually changed denominations. We started going to a Presbyterian church, uh, the PCA, the Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church in America. Um, we met Harry Reader, the pastor, and um, Pastor Reader talked to my parents about Christian education and how valuable that was um, in developing a Christian worldview in today's um, really, really, you know, secular world. How important that was if you were a Christian to develop that at a young age. So um, he convinced my parents to send me to Charlotte Christian School, which was a private high school. Um, and uh, I went there from 10th until I graduated. Um, I met some really good friends uh, there that I have to this day. Um, and uh, Jennifer, I met her, um, the pastor's daughter. We had a lot of fun together. Um, I met my friend Shelly there, um, Julianne, uh, Derek, Hans, just a lot of good people. Lane, that I'm friends with to this day. If I forgot you, don't, don't be upset. Uh, but I, I just really had good times there. Um, there were only 50 people in my graduating class. So, um, and you got to know each other really well. You went on retreats. Um, like before school, there was a camp that you would go to up to Lake Lure um, in North Carolina, spend the weekend there before you started uh, school. Um, we went to D.C. together um, and um, just had a lot of fun and um, some really deep bonds were created there in high school. Um, I still was um, having surgeries um, and that was still something um, that I kept close to the vest. I, I still felt shame surrounding that, um, that I was different. And um, it was kind of my silent burden to bear. I didn't talk to many people about it still. Um, and there again, that anxiety was just building, building, building because um, I didn't, I, I didn't talk about it. And um, I didn't, know that I should. It was almost, um, here's something that you get through. You kind of white knuckle through it. Um, you just get through it and then it's done and you move on. And that's kind of how I viewed it. Um, but I, there were times, you know, infrequently when, um, there were people, um, my sister, as a matter of fact, was one where you know, they would, she said to me, um, you know, this has to be hard. 
And as soon as somebody touched on that, I just, the floodgates opened up and I would just cry and cry. And I did, you know, was able to release some pent up emotion about my um, feelings about these surgeries and how they affected my life. Um, And I, you know, she encouraged me to journal about it. So I did. Um, But I, I still, and I just wonder to this day why why I just didn't talk about it more. I'm assuming it was just the shame surrounding it. Um, Like I, I was different and it wasn't a good different. It was a different in which it was looked down upon or um, not understood. And it was so rare. Um, They still don't, to this day, they don't know what caused, um, my, the birth defect to happen in utero, um, they just know it did, but they don't, they don't know what to call it. They don't know what it is. They don't know what caused it. Um, so there's just no answer to that, but, um, that was, that was high school. So great times there. Um, you know, then I went to one semester at Appalachian State University Um, It was just kind of too big for me. I I liked it. There were good aspects to Appalachian and bad. Um, I think I got used to the comfy feeling of the smaller campus at Charlotte Christian. Um, So I actually called my dad one night and I said, you know, this is too much. I want to transfer. And my sister at the time lived in Nashville, uh, Tennessee, and both of them had gone to Trevecca College for a time. It was actually a Nazarene university. And um, I knew she lived there, and I had visited Trevecca, and I loved it. And so I actually transferred there in January um, of 1990, and I went there until I graduated. Those were the best years of my life, 90 to 93 um, as far as just being single and having fun. College, um, my dad paid for my college so I didn't have to work, um, which is such a blessing. I'm so thankful that that I was given the opportunity just to go have fun and and get good grades. And that's what I did. Um, We went to a lot of um, um, uh, band, you know, band concerts. Um, A lot of startup bands are in Nashville, so the music scene there is great. We went to a lot of clubs and um, heard just a lot of great music. I um, fell in love with Fleming and John there. They're a band. They're an indie band. Um, and I'm so proud to say I'm actually friends with Fleming now. Um, we're both moms and have girls. And um, my my child, my 11-year-old daughter, Fiona, might go to one of Fleming's um, camps she holds for girls that want to sing. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but So uh, college, Trevecca was just great. Um, Kara, shout out to you. Tammy, love you. Still friends with them today. today. Um, a lot of deep friendships there were made. And Michelle actually went there at the time. Um, and, um, we had just a blast, um, at, 
at college. It was a great time for me. Um, some hard times too, but uh, again, all in all, college was wonderful. Um, so then I was went moved back to Charlotte to get my master's degree in counseling. Um, I pursued that. My parents wanted me to. Also, it was more of a safer career. Um, a lot of people talk to me about their problems, and I guess when that happens, you think, man, I, I get talked to about problems. Well, maybe I should be a, a counselor. So that's kind of where you go when you are too scared to follow your real passion of, you know, being a fashion designer or into the arts. Um, it just was a quote-unquote safer option. So but I'm not mad about it. I think the psychology career, I did end up getting a master's and I was in private practice for about seven, 10 years and I loved it. And I, I think that the psychology degree um, helped me a lot, helped me understand me, helped me understand others. And I did get to help a lot of people. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm wondering what would have happened if I had gone the other direction, but I don't, I don't have regrets because I think this path was, was um, meant for me um, in order to meet the people that I was supposed to meet. So um, that was college. I did move back to Charlotte. I went to Winthrop to get my master's. I lived with my parents for a little bit. Then I moved out, had some roommates. Um, those were some interesting times. Um, some of those roommates, whoo, I'm just telling you, you never put an ad in the paper for a roommate. I'll just say that. Um, Melissa, am I right? Am I right? If you're listening to this, Melissa will know we had a roommate that was crazy, crazy. Um, okay. So the best roommate I've ever had, and we're friends to this day, is Kim. Um, Kim and I roomed together. Um, we, ha we had like a Melrose, if y'all watched Melrose Place, we had an apartment we called Melrose Place because it looked, <laughs> our deck um, looked out onto the pool, like the courtyard pool. So it was exactly like Melrose Place. Um, also, we were really close to the jacuzzi, which was amazing. So we had a lot of fun times there. Um, a lot of hard times for me were there. Um, but uh, the sun shined through at the end. Uh, we both met our husbands around this time and we're, we're dating, but... Um, I'm going to save that for the next podcast, um, for part three. Well, maybe I will say a little bit of it and then I'll leave our marriage for part three. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay. So here's when this is around the time, this is like 19, I want to say, 97, 98, um, that we lived together. And I worked down at the hospital. Um, I was getting my master's. I also worked, um, at Carolina Medical Center. I was a patient rep, which means, um, I was a, a liaison, 
between the doctors, the nurses, and the families. So I experienced a lot of um, really shocking things. I saw little children die on the on the ER table in front of me. Um, I've I saw gunshot wounds. I saw homeless naked people running through the hallways. Um, I saw um, just a, you know seeing your first dead body is shocking if you've never seen a a dead person whoo that is shocking um and I saw a lot of things it I left the hospital every day thankful and grateful that I had all my limbs and that I was still here um it really does give you a sense just to be grateful and thankful so I'm thankful to that job um that um, I, I was just so, um, it grew me up in a lot of ways and helped me. Um, so at this point, um, and growing up, this little storyline, because I, what I had went through growing up, um, my sisters and parents always said, well, you know, you, you're probably going to marry a doctor. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll marry a doctor or, and they also used to tease, well, maybe you'll become a nurse so you can, you know, give shots to all the, the nurses that you had to get shots from. I hated shots. So I freaked out anytime I had to get a shot. Um, but that was just their little running, running joke. So, um, there was a, a man there. He was a nurse anesthetist at the hospital and um, one of the people that I was working with, um, I guess she met him, I don't know how, but he, we worked in this little room off to the side of, on this hallway. Um, they stuck us in there. Um, this was a different job, I'm sorry. I worked for the lab at this point, so I was no longer a patient rep. I. I went away from the hospital for a time. Then um, I got hired back to work in the lab um, around 90, 98, 99 um, time of, yeah, it was 98 or 99. And so I was working there in the lab. So anyway, Karen and I would be in a little room and we'd be filing or doing medical, you know, records or whatever. I forgot it was menial, menial work, um, at times. So he, this, this, uh, anesthetist would call Karen and one fateful day she wasn't in there and the phone rang. So I picked it up and this smooth talking English accent was this deep English accent was on the, on the other end of the line. And, um, he and I started talking to this day. I wish that I had never been in that room. I wish I had never picked up the phone. Um, but that is what happened. So, um, I picked up the phone and, um, the rest as they say is history, but, um, he and I, 
began a relationship. I hesitate to call it that because it was almost more like a, a, a grooming, if you will, almost like a, I don't know, like a seduction, like a person trying to ruin you. I mean, I just, it is so dysfunctional on so many levels. And here I was, I, I was very vulnerable, very naive, um, as in my twenties, still very naive. And, um, I met this man, um, and, uh, he and I did start a relationship. Um, it, it was a very short relationship, um, one I regret to this day, um, but he was, um, you know, I, I don't want to say too much, but I will say this, he, it's the, it's the relationship I regret the most in my life, and, um, it was not a loving relationship. It was a power trip on his part. Um, he, he tried to undo um, my, my faith, my happiness. Um, he really saw it as sport. Um, he saw this, probably this innocent young Christian woman who he targeted to, to damage and to laugh about the damage that he caused. And, um, luckily, um, my mother, I had been open about this relationship to everyone. In fact, I was bragging about it. And, um, my parents were, of course, so upset because this man, um, did not know God. He mocked God. Um, he mocked religion. Um, and I was really dead set on seeing him regardless. I thought I could actually, um, I could bring him to the, to the faith to actually, get him to become a Christian, which let me tell you, the opposite happened. Um, he actually brought me down and trampled on my faith and dimmed my light that I have, that I've carried inside me. Um, that was, you know, that light was my faith in Jesus. And, um, so, I was very bold about him and told him, told them I would see him no matter what. And one night I had told my mom, um, she said, are you going over there tonight? And I said, yeah, I am. I'm going. And she says, well, I'm going to pray for you. So that night I went over there. Things progressed and um, I was... Um, just things progressed and 
something inside me clicked and I told him I have to go and I got my things together got myself together um, and drove away and I think I had one more phone call with him and I I ended it and I can tell you that the only reason that happened is of because of prayer the prayers of my mother and um, I could feel um, God's presence and I went home and I prayed and I said God I'm so sorry for abandoning you abandoning my faith for this man um, please forgive me and I felt his presence again in my heart and in my life and around um, two weeks later <laughs> on a dare from a girlfriend to get online I met my husband to be and um, that's where I'll leave it so um, I'm actually in the parking lot at my daughter's school so I have to pick her up but this is a good spot to leave it um, leave it there it was the year 1999 November actually so <laughs> around 18, 19 years ago. Um, oh, over 20 years. Ay, ay, ay. I'm not good with math. Yes. A long time ago, um, this month, this coming month that I met my husband um, and ended this terrible relationship. Um, and I call Greg my knight in shining armor because that's really what he was at that time. He rescued me from a terrible, terrible relationship. Terrible man. Um, and I'm thankful to him, thankful, f you know, just for the prayers of my parents and to God uh, for that. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, if you have any questions, comments, um, please email luluschwal at gmail.com. Please um, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast if you haven't done so. Um, and we'll do part three next week. I'm sorry for the delay. I just really telling these stories, I became a big coward. And because it just took so much out of me, <laughs> these are hard to do. So, but I want to tell my story um, to be able to help people. And that's why I'm doing this. So, Thank you always for tuning in. Remember, we are all in this together.